Happy holidays. This is Liz, and here's what you can listen to in the Popping Collars feed while roasting chestnuts by the fire in December of 2021. The Popping Collars crew takes stock of the year that was. We're talking about the best pop culture of 2021. The canon is back this month. Here's some of our Popping Collars all-stars draft their favorite movie soundtracks of all time. Going on 30 proudly presents the second annual Golden Poppers this month. Betsy and Gray get all dressed up to hand out imaginary trophies to movies that you haven't thought about in over 20 years. Find out if we fix the Oscars of 1991 or make a bigger mess of things. Finally, Stephen McHale and Greg wrap up their Beatles conversation on The Sacred Six this month. They finish out their magical mystery tour by discussing the songs of Abbey Road. From the number one Christmas podcast on Pandora in the year 2020 to you, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and keep those collars popped. Opportunity sees everything you ever wanted. One moment, did you capture it? Just let it slip. Yo, his poems are sweaty. Welcome to the Canon, a part conversation, part competition show where each of us attempt to assemble the most entertaining group of films using the works of an actor, creator, genre, or theme. I am your host, Greg Knight. Here's who's with me this time. Eric Matoye. Welcome back, Eric. Good to see everyone. Greetings from beautiful, foggy San Francisco. Heidi Carter. Welcome back, Heidi. Hello, hello. Good to be back. Martin Elford is here. Hello, Martin. Hi, Greg. And we have Laura Schlett with us as well. Hi, Laura. Hi, Greg. Good to be here. All right. Let's get this thing started. This month, we're going where we've never gone before on the canon. We're picking a theme to draft around this time. We're choosing the works of our favorite movie soundtracks. Uh, those fun soundtracks that you grabbed the cassette tape of and went tooling down the road, blasting at the top of your car speakers. That's what we're going for. Best movie soundtracks. Uh, before we get started... Do you have like a, a story associated with a soundtrack? There was a movie called Manhattan, a uh, little bit trouble to bring up Manhattan or anything for the Allen. But when it came out in the late 19 or early 1980s, I remember watching Manhattan twice in Martha's Vineyard because I was just so taken up. What a romantic story about New York and what a great Gershwin soundtrack. And one of and somebody I used to spend ended up spending a lot of my time that summer with was one of the three people who actually stayed behind to listen to the soundtrack of Manhattan. Most people leave the moment the credits start rolling. There are three of us. She was one of them listening to the Gershwin soundtrack and watching the credits roll. What a great soundtrack. What a great composer. <laughs> Uh, I remember getting the Batman soundtrack when I was a kid. So listening to the Batman soundtrack was like the only way that I could like rewatch the Batman movie <laughs> over and over again. Um, so that Prince song, uh, Bat Dance, that was like, uh, that was my Batman VHS at the time. We had a custom in my family and I'm not sure if it's a soundtrack related thing, but at the end of a movie, of every movie, if it was warranted, we would get up and dance during the credits because it was almost always a dance song. 
And so my son and I would get up with everybody we were with in the movie theater and just break down some serious moves in the theater, (laughs) enjoying the credit songs. Okay. So here's the rules for our game here with uh, movie soundtracks. The goal of the game is to create the most entertaining group of four movies. Once a film has been selected, it's off the board. No one else can choose it. Draft order will be randomly selected. Picks will be made in snake order, meaning the person who picks last in the first round will go first in the second round and so on and so forth. At the end of the draft, each person will get one minute to defend his or her canon. And finally, fans of Popping Collars will be able to vote for their favorite canon on our website, poppingcollarspodcast.com. Is everybody okay with the rules? Yes, we are. Okay. So to kick us off for movie soundtracks is Eric Matoye. Eric, you get the first pick in the movie soundtrack draft. I'm going to go with Goodfellas for Center Square. Yeah. Great sort of pop music of the 60s and 70s soundtrack. Um, Yeah. All of your favorite vocalists. What can I say? Bobby Darren. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mr. Darren. It's a classic. An excellent first pick, Eric. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Heidi, you are up next. I will pick Saturday Night Fever. Oh, the Bee Gees. Did you know Saturday Night Fever was Gene Siskel's favorite movie of all time? That's awesome. Wow. It's a great movie. People forget because of all the hairspray that there was a good movie in there. Okay, I get third pick with third pick in the draft. I'm looking around at the ones that are on the board. Oh, you know what? Actually, I wouldn't have picked this until I just saw it. Uh, I'm going with Rushmore. Lots of who? Lots of 70s, uh, sort of off the beaten path 70s stuff from Wes Anderson in that soundtrack. Okay, Martin, you were up next. Uh, yeah, with with uh, with my pick, I am pleased to select the uh, 1999 Paul Thomas Anderson classic Magnolia. Hmm. featured on that soundtrack i can't remember uh well it's, it's got a beautiful score mm-hmm. and it heavily features uh, the music of amy mann oh yeah whenever i think of amy mann i think of the video for voices carrie when she stands up in the movie theater that's a good one yeah uh okay laura you're on the end of the draft here so you get two in a row so i am going to go with Across the universe. Okay. Ah, that's great. Because, I mean, it doesn't really get any better than Bono in a fake mustache singing, I am the walrus. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. And I am going to go with Purple Rain. Yeah. Yeah. Dearly beloved. Dearly beloved. Snipe. Snipe. Oh, no. <laughs> 
Yeah. How's the family? Yeah. <laughs> well, and you also get all the great Morris Day stuff on the soundtrack. Yeah. Too. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Uh, okay, Martin, we're back to you. Yeah, thank you. We've, we've heard of flawed masterpieces, uh, but there's sort of a tier below the flawed masterpiece, which is the flawed pretty good movie. And uh, uh, for my flawed pretty good pick, I'm going to choose um, Todd Phillips' 2019 Joker. You know, in, in, a, in a time when a great many scores are derivative, uh, if, if you've got time, cruise over to watch a channel called Every Frame a Painting, in which uh, uh, the guy behind that channel talks about how many scores sound exactly like other scores and why that is. He explains mm-hmm. why that is. Uh, uh, Joker uh, does some things that I certainly have not heard uh, often or recently, most notably phenomenal use of timpani. Uh, it's also a film where the pop music of the late seventies and early eighties, uh, drives the plot. Gary Glitter's rock and roll, uh, mm-hmm. is like a major transition in the movie. Uh, the appearance, of uh, sending the clowns major, uh, transition in the movie. So, you know, in many ways, in many ways, not a great film, but a, uh, a film that's incredibly well skilled, uh, uh, served by its score. Okay, uh, so I'm going to perk things up with my pick, which is the soundtrack to the movie Clueless. Um, because for actually one song in particular, because when, um, when I was in high school, I was a huge Counting Crows fan. And the Clueless soundtrack had a sort of a lost track. Inside you, the time And I remember, like, there was a time in the sort of bootleg Pearl Jam days and all of that stuff where you would just kind of find these lost tracks floating around, things that um, Soundgarden didn't put on a disc, but they had performed live somewhere. Pearl Jam's famous one was Yellow Leadbetter. You had to find, like, some bizarre CD single in order to get, like, a copy of Yellow Leadbetter and stuff like that. And Clueless was one of those. It had a it had a lost uh, Counting Crows song on it. I love the I love the soundtrack for that very reason. Uh, okay, Heidi, we're back to you. Here we go with Star Is Born, the one that's exponentially best of all four of them, which is the Barbara Streisand, Chris Christopherson, Star Is Born. I love it. I'm going to talk about the '90s for this entire episode, and <laughs> Heidi's going to talk about the '70s for this. Amen. Entire <laughs> All right, Eric, we're back to you. Thinking of Morris Day and the time, I am going with Boogie Nights, a very another very fun soundtrack that brings you back to the 1980s. Oh, Easy and, and to dance to. Uh, second appearance in this list. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll never forget the Sister Christian moment from Boogie Nights. It's like. What song? It's like the perfect song for such a sinister Alfred Molina moment. It's just great. Love it. <laughs> uh, Eric, you get to go again. Oh my gosh. So I'm wondering if I can go off script 
for I'm t- I'm calling out for an off script choice. Okay. Which is Paris Blues. Okay. Dates back to the early 1960s. Sidney Poitier, one one of uh, one of my favorite actors, Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward, and uh, Diane Carroll, Amer- two American couples in Paris, or rather two American women go to Paris and run into American expats playing jazz. That's all they want to do. Duke Ellington soundtrack and Louis Armstrong on screen. Awesome. For somebody who likes the little little uh, jazz from the 50s and 60s, you can put it on just by itself and enjoy it or watch the movie also. Very good. Okay, Heidi, we are back to you. What well, are we doing in the 70s this time? Well, I was going to go off script and pick... Uh, Dream Girls, the movie, because Jennifer Hudson and okay. Bouncy and Eddie Murphy. I mean, they just, it's so incredibly great. Oh, um, movie. It's, uh, I mean, all of the songs, all the acting, storytelling is so brilliant. And I also, I, I said earlier that my my rule is that it has to be one that I own. And mm-hmm. I happen to own the next one I'm going to pick is on, not on the list, but it's Cars. Pixar's movie. Oh, right on. Cars. To break down the garden gate There's not much time left today That is one that played in my car for probably a year with the child in the car. So it's part of it. Interesting. Yeah. It's a great soundtrack. Well, so Um, did We Sing in the Car and Veggie Tales. I mean, you get, when you've got a kid in your car, you, you expand your uh, musical taste somewhat. Uh, Okay. So mine is gonna, I'm going off the board and this is a bit of a a cheat actually, (laughs) because this was like a whole uh, it's just a whole movie. It's the Woodstock soundtrack, uh, the soundtrack to the documentary for Woodstock. There is a recent documentary that came out called Woodstock 99 that's on HBO Max that talks about the horrendous situation that happened at the Woodstock 99 festival, which was the 30 year anniversary of the first Woodstock festival. Um, and in that documentary, they accurately note that Woodstock was not the sort of mythological grand time that we've all made it out to be. It was a horrible event, just like the 99 event uh, was horrible um, as far as the conditions that people had to live in, um, how women were treated. The folks who were putting on the concert were just not prepared at all for the crowds that they were getting and stuff like that. Uh, All that is to say that uh, the Woodstock documentary does a good job of glossing over all of this stuff and making Woodstock look like a utopia, and it wasn't. However, what it was was a damn good concert. And when you hear Richie Havens singing Freedom over and over again, you can't help but be inspired. And so I'm going with Woodstock, the soundtrack to the documentary. It's kind of like we talked earlier about brilliance in the in brilliance in murky context. 
Yes, um, exactly. Because that was amazing music on both fronts and pretty pretty rough uh, context. Uh, Martin, we are on to you. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the uh, the 1960 film that changed everything. I can only be speaking of Psycho. Ooh. Oh, um, I wonder if any movie's title is so closely related to the sound of the score as Psycho. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Halloween? Maybe? Can't talk about mm. that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's back on my car. Um, but if you just say the word Psycho, you immediately think of rant, 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 rant. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's... it's, it's uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's total shorthand for the yeah. film, which they had, you know, speaking of uh, Pixar, they had such fun with in Finding Nemo, right? There's, the, you know, that 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 wink for all the all the adults in the room uh, that they just they just play a bar of that, and you know you know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Martin, who wrote it? Uh, Bernard Herrmann. Uh, yeah, Hitch's Hitch's great uh, collaborator yes. and John Williams's great teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Laura, you get two in a row. To finish up your canon. All right. So far, you've got Beatles and Prince. Yes. This time I'm going with a mix because uh, this was on a loop when I was in high school. Was the Lost Boys soundtrack? Oh, oh yes, mm-hmm. yes. I mean, People Thomas Newman great. and Echo and the Bunnymen on the same soundtrack. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. And I'm having a hard time narrowing down my last one. Um, I think I'm going to go with Juno because Ooh, our yep. family sang that soundtrack for months after that movie came out. You're a part-time lover and a full-time friend. The monkey on your back is the latest trend. Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else. But here is a church and here is a steeple. We sure are cute for two ugly people. Don't see what anyone can see in anyone else. Juno is one of those movies I haven't revisited in a long time, but yeah, it's uh, it like the the feeling of the movie. It, it yeah. feels like it's captured, yeah, in the soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. in that soundtrack for yeah. sure. Very good. All right, Martin, we're back to you. I'm starting to. I'm looking at your list, and I'm I'm a little concerned about where your head is right now, especially when oh. I see Joker and Psycho back to back. But yeah, it's true. It's true. I, I, there, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a troubling theme on the go. Here. Um, you know, like Laura, I am, I am struggling because uh, there's so many choices and, you know, I'll, I'll mention an honorable mention before I go to my, my actual choice, which is I, I wondered about, um, that mid eighties movie, which introduced us both to the, the gyroscope, which uh, let the, the camera stay steady uh, during flight for the first time and uh, manly homoeroticism, which is, which is Tom, uh, Top Gun, uh, uh, that we could certainly uh, put that on the list. However, I'm going to, I'm going to stay with my, um, uh, with my troubling movie theme and uh, 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 choose uh, uh, the cook, the thief, the wife and, oh, yeah. uh, and, and, and no, how, how does it go? 
Cook the thief, the oh, his wife, the and her cook, lover. the thief, the wife, her lover. Yeah, that's right. Well done, Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's right. After mentioned, Michael Gambon is in that. Yes, it's it's remarkable. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my last pick, I'm gonna go with uh, with the graduate. There was a time in high school where I think everyone kind of discovered the. Simon and Garfunkel greatest hits album at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then once you go start going down the rabbit hole of Paul Simon stuff, it just, it's a glorious kind of first journey. Uh, and I'm always like happy to wish people well, as they're starting, starting off of hearing these songs for the first time. So the graduate is mine. Uh, my last soundtrack pick. Heidi, go to you. Well, I mentioned my rule is that I have to possess it. And there were two movies, children's movies, Over the Hedge and Hoodwinked, that had lots of really good music in them. And in fact, the Over the Hedge one, for a long time, you couldn't get in. It was running up like $40, $45 for the CD online. It was crazy because it was in high demand and they didn't press very many of them. And Ben Folds is featured in those. And his songs are just so lovely and they kind of break your heart. But I have to admit, because I own easily five CDs from this particular franchise, their soundtracks, I'm going to have to pick Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban Mm. as my fourth soundtrack. John Williams, Mm -hmm. Alphonse Cuaron. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've always said that the, the thing that made me watch a Harry Potter movie and the thing that kept me coming back to Harry Potter movies is the, the hand of the Dementor on the door in the train. Mm-hmm. It's just oh, such a yeah. great shot. Such a great shot. And it's such a Quaron shot too. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right. If this is yeah. what it is, then I'm in because that's a great <laughs> shot. It's the, best of, the yeah. best of the books and the best of the films. And who would have thought, uh, who would have thought Quaron was the right choice? Cause you know, we'd started with Chris Columbus. Mm-hmm. We started with uh, the home alone guy and suddenly, movie three is directed by someone who's fresh from making uh, an erotic uh, Mexican road trip film. And yeah. like, this, is, this is not who you think of taking up the mantle from Chris Columbus, but the, the choice is perfect. And as someone said uh, uh, at the time, and I wish I could give credit where it's due, that, that is the movie and probably also the book where the star of the film stops being Hogwarts and becomes Harry Potter and his deep loneliness, which is, mm. I, I would agree, is, is um, uh, very much supported by, by the soundtrack. Nice. All right, Eric, you get one more pick in soundtracks. Where are you going? One more pick, one more pick. I'm going with, oh, brother, where our art. Yeah. Classic. Nice. Classic. Pop it in, classic. 
Coen Brothers, George Clooney. Again, great character actors in it also. But um, just pop that cassette in and enjoy yourself. Yes. Uh, okay, so here's what we've got for movie soundtracks. Eric, you have Goodfellas, Boogie Nights, Paris Blues, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? This is quite the diverse list. Defend your canon. Easy to defend because when, especially in these times of COVID where we've had to do a lot of socializing outdoors, wrapped in sweaters and parkas and so on for a long time. If I put any of these soundtracks on, I have an instant party. Mm. I, you know, just fire up because I still have my Walkman, baby blue iPod and CD player. I could just put, put these in. We've got about an hour of entertainment outside. Primarily just easy, good music to listen to uh, with a nice mix of dancing in it. You know, if I had a fifth choice, it would have been the harder they come. Again, great soundtracks for entertaining, for dancing, for uh, chowing down on pizza and traditional beverages in the backyard, looking for comfort food and comfort tunes mm -hmm. during the season of pandemic. Nice. I love yeah. it. Heidi, you have Saturday Night Fever. A Star is Born, Barbara Streisand version, Cars, and Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Heidi, what's going on with your canon here? The reason that these all fell into my head, because I'm looking at church people um, mostly, is that I've spent 25 years talking about and learning about adolescence. Mm. And how adolescence is that liminal in between not quite one thing and not quite another thing. Yep. And when I, in the seventies, when I was becoming more and more of who I eventually am still becoming the, the, the conflicting message that we get from not, not, we're not children anymore, but we're not adults anymore, but we think we're adults is that I can be on the dance floor, disco floor with all my friends learning line dances and wearing lots of Kiana and stretchy things and sparkles and really loving it. And also realizing that my dreams are not fulfilled and I'm such a failure and I should just drive my car off the road and be dead. Like you just kind of have all this existential stuff on high octane. Yes. And I really love how that those movies kind of really embrace that. Um, and then sort of the, the playfulness of it in Cars. Cars kind of runs the gamut of the beautiful James Taylor song about how Main Street isn't Main Street anymore. All the grownups were sitting in the theater crying during that song in Cars and dancing to Rascal Flatts and Hank Williams and Randy Newman and the chords doing Shaboom from the 50s. Just kind of great, feel-good stuff. Again, cranked that CD on the car a lot. And the Harry Potter movies, I mean, you talk about adolescence and becoming. I mean, that's really about the mystery of death and, and hope and all of the language of sacrifice and loyalty. And so I just, and, and as teenagers, you also kind of think that you are going to be, when I grow up, I'm going to be the most faithful person, the best friend. Um, but you also know that you still want to play with Barbies and you don't understand about sex and you sneak beer out and you go to slumber parties and it's just like, it's like everything at once and kind of thinking about how Harry Potter deals with all that stuff. And he is so lost and he's not a good wizard. And the movies are about the adults and books in my head. But anyway, I just, I was just thinking about adolescence and how we're all continually trying to become 
whoever it is we're meant to be in this world. So that's my, those are my choices. Awesome. I love it. Mainly right. because I'm going to steal it for my canon. <laughs> <laughs> my canon is Rushmore, Clueless, Woodstock, and The Graduate, which are all sort of coming of age, youth inspired soundtracks. I mean, because ultimately at the end of the day, like the time when your opinion about movies matters and the time when your opinion about music matters is when you're a young person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, but what I particularly like about these soundtracks, Rushmore, uh, Clueless, Woodstock, The Graduate, when I discovered these songs, they were older songs, right? They were like, they were songs that I discovered. And so an entire generation had already lived with like this music. But when I heard, you know, Country Joe and the Fish for the first time at the Woodstock set, I was like, oh my God, they're talking about me. They're talking about like the stuff that I'm thinking, right? They're talking about like, they're, they're doing this fix into die rag about Vietnam, but it actually applies to my disenchanted 90s-ness right like i it it actually it's actually speaking to me and i think that that's what is sort of lovely about uh the soundtrack experience and the storytelling experience is that we actually have stories that we share from generation to generation and the bad thing that we do uh sometimes is that we try to st- strip younger generations of that sort of discovery and of that agency of trying to like form identity and figure out who they are uh, in the world. And, um, but all of this stuff matters. Like these, the fact that young people discover new things or new ways of interpreting things, all of that stuff is lovely, right? It's, it's a natural evolution of how art is supposed to work. And so I think that that's what I appreciate about these soundtracks is that, uh, they're soundtracks that are a little out of time, but they're still speaking to us in new contexts as we're moving into the future. And I think that that's a lovely thing that soundtracks do. Beautiful. Martin. Oh, boy. <laughs> you've got frogs falling out of the sky. You've got a man dressed up like a clown. You've got you've got a rundown motel. And then uh, a menagerie of cook, thief, wife, and lover here uh defend your canon what's going on here yeah so i went for i went for films that in my estimation don't exist without the soundtrack <laughs> uh uh I, I you simply cannot talk about any of these movies divorced from uh divorced from their music there is one of the uh i forget who it was one of the producers of psycho was interviewed uh, uh maybe 30 years after it comes out and tells the story of seeing the rough cut and saying this film is a turkey and then seeing it edited and saying this film is pretty good and then seeing it with Bernard Herrmann's score and saying uh, this is destined to be a classic. Uh, similarly, Cook the Thief, His Wife and Her Lover, um, I think that probably was the movie that introduced me to minimalism. It was not a genre that I knew existed before. Uh, uh, that movie at so many levels, like there were things I didn't know you could do on screen that I witnessed with that. When Michael Nyman's uh, um, memorial kicks in, those crunching, repetitive uh, cellos as the camera is tracking along, I just, oh, it's an absolutely unforgettable moment of... Um, of cinema for me. Uh, Joker is not as good a movie as it pretends it is. I think it's a movie that pretends it's, it's far more important than, than it really is. It's actually a derivative, uh, uh, 
kind of bit of a wank of a film, but uh, but one of the things that does elevate it is the is the score. Uh, extraordinary use of popular music from the time and and some really, as I mentioned earlier, some really uh, unusual choices with what the symphony can do. Um, and maybe I'm thinking of it because I saw it recently on an airplane, which is an airplane is the correct place to watch uh, Joker. That's sort of a level of, <laughs> level of that it uh, deserves. And last of all, uh, uh, Magnolia, um, Magnolia, a film that is high on what someone has called the Yum Yuck scale, no one is neutral about Magnolia and no one in particular is neutral about the moment when the characters begin singing the soundtrack uh, at the right. end of the movie. This is either the moment when the film jumps the shark or it's the moment when it becomes a full on masterpiece. And uh, I am in the latter camp. Uh, when we cut to, from one lonely searching character after another, who is who is suddenly Amy Mann singing in their car or or singing beside the deathbed, uh, it this it, in this moment uh, Magnolia becomes one of the greatest films ever made, uh, and I will you know I will challenge to a duel anyone who who disagrees. <laughs> I heard I heard someone describe uh, Magnolia as a fantasy movie, yeah, uh, recently, and it made me think, oh, that actually helps me understand the movie a lot better if I mm -hmm. think of it as a fantasy rather than a drama. Uh, okay, Laura, you have probably the soundtrack that I would listen to of all of our lists. <laughs> Yours is the one that I would actually pop into my <laughs> pop into my speaker. Uh, you have Across the Universe, Purple Rain. The Lost Boys and Juno. What have so, you got going on? Yeah. So what I have going on is my life soundtrack. So across the universe just reminds me of my parents. They listen to the Beatles. I could have put the graduate in there too. Simon and Garfunkel and the Beatles were the background of my childhood. Probably also Barry Manilow, but I couldn't think of a soundtrack that <laughs> featured Barry Manilow. So, yeah, so that kind of is the kind of my origin story music, if if you want to go that way. Purple Rain was probably the first time I heard a soundtrack and went, wow. When uh, I wasn't old enough to see the movie yet, my parents wouldn't let me watch the movie, but I went out and I bought the soundtrack as soon as um, as soon as it came out and it was amazing. I couldn't not listen to it. And it took me years to actually see purple rain because I had created a story for it in my head from listening to hmm. the soundtrack. And I was afraid to ruin the movie that I had created. So, um, and I have to say the movie I created was better for me so I, I, I still have a hard time watching that movie oh uh, yeah the lost boys brings me up to high school i think people are strange was the most requested song on our high school radio station mm -hmm. um and so yeah that just that song will propel me back into that kind of awkward crazy figuring out who I am stage of life right away. And Juno, even though my kids are younger than Juno, I mean, my, my, I had my third child by the time Juno came out, but he was, you know, like two. It reminds me of their childhood. It was the soundtrack that was playing in the background of their childhood. And so that it makes me think of my kids every time I hear that soundtrack. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if we had been able to pick more, I probably would have thrown a few more in. But um, as Greg knows, the last couple of years for me have been very difficult. And I've been finding myself going back to these soundtracks over and over again as a reset. Yeah. You know, kind of a remember who you are and Mm -hmm. and rebuild. Mm -hmm. And they have just been magic for that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's Very good. Right. Yeah. All right. That's it. Those are our cannons for the best soundtracks. What are your favorite cannons? Uh, email us, poppingcollegepodcast at gmail.com. Tell us what it is that you think. And vote for uh, who you think has the best soundtrack uh, here. What soundtrack would you like to listen to? Go to poppingcollegepodcast.com, cannon voting at the top of the page, and click on which cannon you would vote for. In the meantime, Laura, Heidi, Martin, Eric, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Great time. Uh, Keep those colors popped, and we'll see you next time with probably a whole new panel. Who knows? We'll see. (laughs) Uh, Take care. Bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me.